Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Just my imagination. Running away with me. Just my imagination. <laughs> Running away with me. Temptations. Beautiful. The Temptations. It has to do with our preview card today, of course. What's up, everyone? Yo, watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Yes, Strixhaven. Yay, we got a preview card this time. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. They forgot about us for call time. It's okay. We forgive them. There's yes. plenty to cover regardless. Um, we have an interesting card here. It's a blue card. It might be something that a lot of players are interested in. We're going to evaluate, discover how good it is. And the card is called Tempted by the O-Reek. Like the Temptations. But before we break it down, if you want to buy this card, if you want to pre-order it right now, there's one place that you got to go to. It's cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Easiest way to get any of your magic singles and products, especially as Strixhaven rounds the corner. We all got to get back to school. Um, a really exciting set from what we've seen so far, and it's only going to keep providing. So make sure you head over there. You're also supporting the show. When you do so, Card Kingdom gets your stuff fast, quick, and easy, and it gets you the card you want when you need it so you can play it at your next game night. Yeah, you want to pre-order all this Strixhaven stuff. We know the Commander decks, the pre-cons. Oh, yeah. They're getting revealed. We're revealing one of them next week. You're going to want to pre-order all those. Cardcam.com slash command zone. Best place to do that. And then once you get the cards, remember, you want to keep them in pristine condition. There is one company that Jimmy and I trust our very own personal collections to, and that is Ultra Pro. They really make the best stuff to protect your stuff. You want them to maintain their value. You don't want them to get scuffed up or dinged up. Pro Glossy Clip Sleeves are the way to go. Mm-hmm. Satin Towers or Mythic Collection deck boxes will pr- protect the entirety of your deck. Played on a nice play mat. Ultra Pro really is the best in the biz when it comes to protecting your game. We pieces. should put this in the sleeve. You know, we shouldn't be hypocritical, obviously. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone our patrons are the backbone of what we do here at the command zone you get to watch extra turns and game nights a day early ad free you get to comment in the discord ask josh and myself questions we're there every single day answering what you have for us and there's a great community there everyone is super nice and awesome they can help you with your deck they can talk about the new spoilers in the preview cards including the one that we're talking today about today and of course, if you're a patron, we shout out one lucky patron oh, yeah. every single episode. So this episode is dedicated to Kristen North. Kristen, you rock. You do rock indeed. I want to pause and say it's nice to be next to you again, Jimmy. Yeah, I know. Josh and I both have now gotten a shot in our arms. Vaccines are great. Yeah, vaccines are great. Um, And it seems like we're very much on the path to reopening this whole everything. And we're going to be back in business. We're going to be making more content. We're going to be able to invite guests from around the world again. I can't wait. That was me knocking on a lot of wood. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, not attempt fate here, but I agree. Yeah, I, it no. feels like hopefully we're, we're we're coming out of this, and I'm very jazzed about it. I'm even more jazzed about our preview card, though. Jimmy, Strixhaven preview card, Tempted by the Auric. Do you yes. want to read it? Let's just not hold everybody in suspense anymore. Let's just read the card. Go ahead and read it anytime here you're ready. Here we go. Start going anytime. at any moment. Let's hey, not, here yeah, it is. Let's tempted not... by the Auric. <laughs> tempted, tempted. It's one blue, blue, blue for a sorcery. For each opponent, gain control of up to one target creature or planeswalker that player controls with mana value three or less. And just as a reminder, it is no longer converted mana cost, it is mana value. 
So the yeah, mana that's value. Just a, it's just a wording change that they're doing yeah, in Magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mana value of this card is four because it's one blue, 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 aka cryptic command mana cost. Okay, so this is stealing stuff. From everybody. Uh, from everybody. Um, obviously much better in a multiplayer game than it is single player, but it does have this thing tacked on where you can only gain control of a creature or a planeswalker that player controls with mana value three or less. So you're not hitting any of the big walloping spells or the huge creatures. You're getting things that are pretty affordable and generally three drop slot pretty populated in decks. Yeah, it's interesting. The card was bonkers as you read it until you got to that last drawback, right? Mm-hmm. Like... Four mana, sorcery, gain control of something from each of your opponents, a creature or planeswalker. Okay. But it has to be three CMC or less. And the question mm-hmm. kind of becomes, how big of a downside is that? I think the, obviously the comparison is to Blatant Thievery here. Yes, which is four blue, 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 right? Yeah, it's a lot more mana, but it can steal, you know, basically anything. Mm-hmm. You get to choose. Yeah, so... The flexibility of Blade and Thievery is, I mean, we see Blade and Thievery played quite often. I don't know how big of a downside it is that the three mana value, like it's hard to sort of parse, like does that, right? like like how far does that bring it down? It still seems like it's probably going to be quite good. Yeah, well, one thing to note that this is mostly only playable in two color decks and mono blue decks because oh, right. blue, 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 if you're trying to cast this on turn three or four, you're really not going to get there with a three color deck or more typically. Um, so that is a little thing against it as well, right? You don't see many non-heavy blue decks playing a cryptic command. Um, and I would say that the question really is, is is this good really early when you cast it? Or is it better when you cast it mid-game? Or is it better when you cast it late? Because at any point, right, on turn four, there have been times where you could cast a spell like this and no one actually has that much stuff. They have artifacts out, they've got yeah. land ramp, but they haven't been playing creatures or planeswalkers. That is the thing, I think, also that in the comparison of Blatant Thievery, Blatant Thievery can steal more permanent types. Right. And this is only creature or Planeswalker. And quite often you do end up with like a mana rock or some kind of artifact when you do play the blatant, uh, blatant thievery. Right. And this cannot steal those things. If it could steal artifacts, it would be way, way better because yes. you're almost always going to get a mana rock from somebody. Uh, so the fact that it kind of limits you on only creatures and Planeswalkers, I think, is another downside of the card. Here's the thing, though. Stealing a card from one player, even is a two for one right because they lose it you gain it yeah exactly so it's not just a removal spell but it's also like you cast the thing kind of right because you Mm -hmm. have control of it so just getting one thing is actually pretty good for four mana although we do have comparable like control magic do you play control magic very much don't uh my marchesa deck is the only one that loves to steal stuff and four mana to steal something is about the rate you would go for but it's interesting i mean the the nice thing about tempted by the orc is that typically when you play control magic or a spell that grabs another creature when that card dies or the spell's gone it goes back but this tempted, one doesn't do this, yeah. yeah. You're not just tempted, you're you're joining the fold when you get brought over by Tempted by the Oreek. So Control Magic, I'd say, is playable, but it's fringe, right? It's not super, super efficient. We don't put it in, like, every blue deck or even a lot of our blue decks. However, if you can, like, normally steal two things, like, you don't have to hit all three opponents. I think if you could normally steal two things with yeah. Tempted by the Oreek, it's pretty dang good because a control magic that control magic's two things and like you said doesn't have the downside that you can just remove the enchantment and get the stuff right. back uh is pretty big game so i think that's the lens i would look at it through and then we kind of have to evaluate how likely it is that we are going to hit at least two things i mean mm-hmm. three is obviously like amazing yeah uh 
I you, think you're pretty likely to hit two things as long as you're not casting it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I think this spell really is, its sweet spot is around the mid-game. When someone's going to cast a card like a Grim Harispex or a three-mana mm-hmm. thing, right? A Corsair of Crewfix. Really impactful, powerful, value-based cards. Um, that In that case, it's great, right? Because then you can choose. It's not even your opponent chooses it and gives it to you. Um, the only thing is, I don't think your likelihood of stealing a creature is much, much higher than the Planeswalker, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true. We're going to go through that, actually. Let's look at our likelihood of stealing a creature, because we wanted to go through and say, well, how many creatures that are normally played in the format that are popular are 3 CMC or less? So we looked at EDH Rec, <laughs> and we found that all of the top 10 most po- commonly played creatures on EDH Rec are 3 CMC or less. Every single one. Yep. And that makes a lot of sense because, again, like, you aren't going to... You're just more likely also to play creatures that are 3 CMC right. over a You can only CMC, have, CMC, like... Six, yeah. yeah, we always talk about you can't have very many 6 plus CMC cards in your deck. So anything on the high end of the spectrum uh, is not going to get played at that higher rate. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone's playing, like you said, yeah. smaller efficiency creatures. So if you go to the top 10 creatures in each color... Then here's what you find. Uh, in white, six of their top 10 creatures are three CMC or less. Mm-hmm. In blue, it's four of their 10, which is really surprising, I would have thought. But yeah. I think they're doing... They're more, more spell-based. And yes, exactly. creatures, Yeah, yeah. Black, five out of 10, so half of their top 10 creatures. Red, five out of 10. Mm-hmm. Green, seven out of their top 10 creatures are wow. three CMC or less. And multicolored, seven of the 10 top multicolored creatures in the format are three CMC or less. Now, mm-hmm. these these numbers look really promising, but we wanted to note that a lot of these creatures are ones that have already sort of done their thing by the time they're on the battlefield. Ah. So, like, if you steal somebody's Eternal Witness or Spellseeker or Dockside Extortionist, it's already given value to the person that cast it, and it's not, like, an exciting card to steal. Yeah, you can't flicker it even because it's just going to go back to right. its owner's control. So, and if those are the top most played cards, then, yeah, they're not going to get you the value that you want. So the numbers can be maybe a little misleading. Now, to go to your Planeswalker question, the likelihood of stealing a Planeswalker, you know, for a long time, there like three mana, there just weren't really any planeswalkers. That was like the uh, a threshold that they didn't want to cross. Yeah, and we saw that these became some of the best creatures in modern. Is when you know that three mana is too pushed, right? Oko is the easy example. It's gotten banned in nearly everything now because it's a three CMC walker. But Liliana of the Veil and Jace Balaran were both pretty played often in modern. So you know that those are very powerful at three CMC. As a result, these days you get five CMC, six CMC, typically around that range, but very rarely at three. Yeah, but we've noticed, like, least recently, I'd say in the last, like, five years, they've been way more willing to make three CMC uh, Planeswalkers mm-hmm. than they were in the past. Like, up until 2013, we only had six total mm. Planeswalkers that were three CMC or less. And then after that, since then, there's there's now 50 Planeswalkers that are three CMC or less. Yeah. So there's a lot more than there used to be. I, I agree that, like, not as many are played in our format, but it, it does snag five of the top ten most commonly played Planeswalkers in Commander, according to EDH Rec. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's, it's well, relevantly, I just wanted to mention, it hits, like, Narset. Yeah, I was going to say, Vales. did you watch Game Night? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice to cast Attempted by the Ulrich in that game. Yeah. Um, I would also note that a lot of these new 3 CMC Planeswalkers did come from War of the Sparks. Yep. So they're actually less powerful, but that also means that a lot of players probably like them because they have enchantments stapled on. They're, they're finding different ways to push the power level without having it be Oko level um, because that just tore through every format it could, except for obviously the big multiplayer one. So I think, you know, you're pretty likely to get a creature from somebody... Planeswalker way less likely, just not very many Planeswalkers are really played in Commander. Yeah. um, And not as many of them are 3 CMC, but 
you might get one once in a while. Like we said, Narset, you see a decent bit of play. Yeah, Actually, Dak Faden like as yeah. well. Like those cards are oh, stealing Dak Faden. Yeah. That's, ir- that's irony. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? You we take my thing, I'll take song. yours. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I think the interesting part about this is that Planeswalkers, you're right. You're probably not going to steal it. You're most likely, I'd say, on average, going to get two creatures. And those creatures, depending on how good they are, Tempted by the Ulrich doesn't look as amazing. Unless you, I think this does kind of feel like it's really meta-dependent. Because if you're playing a deck with a bunch of mana dorks, and you have a lot mm-hmm. of opponents that play those, like, that's a pretty good creature to steal, yep. even though it's one scene. Paradise or something? Yeah. Well, let's look at, also, there's another creature that you can steal, because everybody starts with a commander, and Oh, command right. So big question is, how many 3CMC or less commanders are out there? And we looked at the top 10 most played commanders on EDHREC again, mm-hmm. and only two of the top 10 uh, were 3CMC or less. So Eureka ah. and Sisse with Weatherlight Captain were the two. That's of the most popular ones. So it's not as likely to hit a commander, but it, like you said, it's meta-dependent. Like in our meta, you know, I have a Vile Smasher and Thrasios deck. This card is really good against that one. Can steal right. either of the commanders. I, I have an Animar deck that's pretty good as well, and stealing a creature like that is pretty strong, especially if it's... right? Yeah, especially if you've already put counters on, then the other player gets a lot of advantage from it as well. Yeah, so it really, I think, would depend a little bit on your meta and whether there's very po- uh, powerful commanders that are 3CMC or less, because that's kind of a guaranteed they're probably going to cast that on curve. Like, if you know an Animar deck showing up in your right. group a lot, well, they always want to cast Animar on turn three. So it comes to your turn four, stealing their commander, really setting them back <laughs> is a yeah, huge, huge brutal. deal. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about in a real in real gameplay here. So something Big in- quotes, by the way. Yeah, something interesting we did is we looked at um, the last few game nights and extra turns episodes just to kind of take stock on turn four and see on average how often what what you'd get to steal with this just to kind of give us some sort of bar that we could hope for for Uh, telling us like yeah so on average there were five targets to choose from on turn four wow five across three players or is this so the card was never dead in Uh. any of the games we looked at but in every single instance, there was always one player that had nothing to take. There you go. Okay. So sometimes you get one thing. Sometimes you get two. There was never an instance in any of the games we looked at. Uh, and again, we didn't go all the way back to the beginning. We went just back like six or seven months. Right. Um, but on curve, on turn four, you'd always get something, but you would never get full value three things. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that is generally where you're going to be because some decks are just going to play rampant growth into a cultivate, into a whatever, and then they're just going to have lands. But a lot of decks will start, like I remember Craig with his Azusa very early on, right? And those types of creatures are... I want to steal somebody's Azusa. That'd be so good. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I would say you definitely have to examine what's going on. If everyone is, if there's aggro strategies, this card is gangbusters. If you have a way to rebuy this card and cast it twice or copy it, because there's a lot of copying spells in Strixhaven as we've seen so far, then that could be really valuable too. All right, so will you play Tempted by the Auric in your decks, Jimmy? Am I tempted? Are you tempted to play Tempted by the Auric? I'm definitely going to play this, I think, in my Marchesa deck. And I know I just said that playing it in three-color decks is really hard, but the fact that you could later on in the game get three things seems pretty good, especially if you can then chain those things into combos, you have sack outlets. One thing I would say is, like, if your opponents all have sack outlets, this card starts sucking real bad real fast. Yeah, that's a good like point. Aristocrats decks with a Viscerasia. Uh, sorry, yeah, you don't want to steal that. <laughs> yeah, you just go to target and then just get rid of it. Yeah, so it's interesting. I think, like, this is one of those cards where I want to test it out. I want to see how it plays in the beginning, middle, and late games. And I know for a fact that there will be cases when I play this and it just 
ends up winning me the game or it gets me to that point it'll be backbreaking sometimes because if you like you said if you steal their azusa and then steal you know i don't know their deck faden or something you just happen to have a game where you get two things like that just those two things for four mana on turn four is going to be like brutal yeah so there will be times and then i think the real big question mark is when's it dead how often is it that you have it in hand and you're like i can't cast this because i won't be able to steal anything and right. it feels like that won't be very often so i think i'm going to try it out in a couple of decks and yeah. i think it will be quite good yeah i, I don't think there's any time when you're going to cast it and it's ever completely dead because four mana steal one impactful three cmc thing or less that that seems okay especially because so many of the top played cards are getting lower and lower mana value yep. keep in mind you're not always looking for three cmc stuff Deathrite Shaman, you know, you're looking for something that could be I'll really good. Shaman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of cards that have a lot of value at the at, at the one and two slots even. So And just taking things away from them too might be worth it. Like Dockside Extortionist. Well, maybe you just take it because they're going to like right. they want to use it in again. some way yeah. or blink it or whatever. So yeah. Um, all right. To the listeners, tell us what you think about Tempted by the Auric. Which decks will you put in? Are there any synergies or interesting combos with this card that we didn't talk about? Um, it's pretty open-ended, so it's hard to think of any specific combos. But if you have some, in the comments is the place to put them. We appreciate everybody that does that. Yeah. Or if you are a player that knows what card you never want to have out when this is cast, oh boy. let us know too, because I think a lot, a lot of people might be framing it from that perspective. All right, no in-step today because this is a special bonus preview card episode. We've got tons of content coming up though, so make Ooh. sure to like and subscribe this video so that you're let known because we're going to be talking about all the Commander decks. We got set reviews and MDFC reviews and Commander reviews, oh, all no, kinds. so yeah, many. We, we, got, we got tons of content coming out. We've got another uh, extra turns that uh, I think just came out when you're watching this. We've deck got, upgrades for yeah. every single one of the Commander videos, budget deck upgrades, all that stuff. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so strap in. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, all right, let's big, give a big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team, which is Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Estaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, and Sam Waldo. Should we mention our new friend in the house? DJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. DJ. DJ's here. I think they've seen him. I think we did one episode with him now. We're shooting these out of order, so... Hopefully I'm, you have, otherwise... I'm pretty I, uh, sure you've whoops. seen DJ now, and yeah, DJ, we brought DJ in because there's so much uh, content that he's helping us, because he's such a gr- been a great um, mm-hmm. fill-in host, so he's definitely going to be on our content more. Yeah, but, I came into this room, and this microphone was at, the, at my forehead, <laughs> and I was like, ah, someone's been here before me. DJ also got vaccinated, so thank goodness we can actually podcast right next to each other. Yeah, uh, and big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations that begin uh, our episodes and often live behind us. This is Jeffrey's days. days. Yeah. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching. Can't wait for all this trick saving stuff coming up again. Like and subscribe to our channel, and we will see you very soon. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans.